All right, all right. Real Church Matters podcast. This is Forrest Hall. I'm here with. That's what's up. What's up, guys? What's going on? So, uh, just a little housekeeping. Where can we read your wonderful blogs? The last one was great. LikewiseLife.com and go to Likewise on uh, IG and Twitter. Yeah, and when you guys read the stuff, if it's touch you and stuff, you know, share. I, I've been hearing a lot of positive feedback about it. I know you said there was a lot of hits. And, and yeah, I got a, yep, and I got some good feedback on it. So You got a sneak peek of what's next, what's coming up next? Yeah, my uh, mom's birthday is coming up. She passed away, for those who don't know, about 16, when I was around 16. So I'll be writing about like grief and like how I dealt with that or am dealing with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. All right, thanks for uh, killing the vibe here. <laughs> no, but, um, it's all good. It's, it's all cool, good. it's cool. And, of course, realchurchmatters.com. Uh, on Instagram, it's Real Church Matters. Twitter is Real Church Matters. Facebook, Real Church Matters. And please, subscribe to the iTunes. Follow us on the social media. Share it. I mean, there's so many people who could really use this, and we're depending on you guys to kind of spread the word. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Do you feel like people like get thrown off by the title Real Church Matters? Like, do you feel like they find it offensive because Black Lives Matter and all this stuff? Like, you're taking that <laughs> thing? I'm going to tell you this. Like, it literally, it popped in my head when I when I thought of it. But um, I'm going to tell you, here, here was my uh, kind of motivation. When I was looking at, you know, all the social activism that goes on on Twitter and social media in general, I thought about the fact that, you know, it's cool that people have something, they have something they believe in and mm-hmm. they can vocalize about and they can campaign about. But I felt like, you know, I wanted to do the same thing for God. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it comes to campaigning and being an activist for his agenda mm-hmm. and his purposes and for who he is. And a lot of times with a lot of the things that these people are upset about, he is the answer too. Mm. So it's like, you know, this is my agenda. This is this is this is what I'm passionate about. And I should be doing the same thing. Now let me tell you this. Black lives do matter over here. All day, all day. Yeah. White lives matter. Green lives matter. Brown lives matter. Don't say all lives. <laughs> You're gonna lose. <laughs> All lives matter. They do. To Jesus. To God. Not to people. Not to people. That's the reality. That's another thing. Well, that's a whole nother That's a whole nother thing. Like we expect all lives to matter to people when they don't even possess the love of God. Look at that segue. Look at Thank that God segue. Good. So episode nine is about the love of God. And it's about our love life. Our love life. Yeah. So we're going to call this one, we're going to title this one, This Is Our Love Life, or How Is Our Love Life? How Is Our Love Life? How Is Our Love Life? Now, here's the reason why we called it How Is Our Love Life. When we're going out and about, um, it's, it's just something single people have to deal with. If somebody's going to ask you, especially if you're a female like Antoinette over here, people are always asking you what? How's your love life? <laughs> Old family members you haven't seen in years. That seemed like the number. What's going on? Are you dating? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Your clients. Clients. They run into you it. and they say, "Is there a man in your life?" How's mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? And it's not to the point where it's a you know a nuisance. It's a nuisance, or it it may be annoying to you. It is. <laughs> but for me, I thought it's interesting because we are so interested. In people's relationships. We're so interested that we watch TV shows that are purely based on people's relationships, whether they're staged, fake, they don't people or don't otherwise. Care. All we know is, is we're interested in it. Yeah. Even back to the days of Ricky Lake. I'm old. So Ricky Lake and Jenny Jesus. Jones or the Maury Poviches and the or Jerry we go Springer. even further back the Richard Bays. <laughs> Richard Bay is super, idea. yeah, yeah. But we are always interested in people's lives and who they're with and all these relationships. But we aren't really that interested in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, that's almost my reaction when people ask, like, is there a man? Like, I want to be like, uh, God, but I don't want to be like the woman that be like, Jesus is my. <laughs> we might, we have, we might yeah. have to hold another podcast about <laughs> those people. We might actually touch on it today. We'll see. Yes, but but no, I mean, Jesus Jesus is a is a relationship that we should give some attention to. That's right. Uh, not so much paying attention to even my relationship with him. But I feel like if you're that interested in my relationships in general, how rela- how interested are you in the, your relationship with God? Do you give it that much attention? Mm-hmm. A- and today I just want to uh, kind of go there with that. And just to start it off, when we talk about our love life with God and you ask people, how's their love life? I want to give them some type of structure for which to base it so they can know whether their love life is good or not. They know why, whether they have a good love life in every other regard or he don't do what he used to do or he, she don't do what she used to do. or he don't take me out no more. So your love life, my love life, not too hot. Why? What's wrong? What's going on? I don't know. I just don't. He just, uh, when I ask you, if I ask you, how's your love life with God? What's going to be your response? Or people, like, I've talked to girls, like, they keep it so mysterious. Like, you'd be like, talk about your boy. They call them homeboy. Like, they don't use their actual names. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that's a reflection of it, too. Oh, man, because of the, the, the whole idea of uh, relationships these days, it's almost, if it's like a snowflake. You say you have it, but you're afraid to touch it or even breathe on it because it <laughs> might just evaporate. Yeah, you put like, title on <laughs> it. Exactly. Like by the time you post a picture of him on Instagram, he's already texting you like, hey, can you pull that down real quick? <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just the reality of it is yeah. that um, we put a lot of time into uh, portraying our relationships to be something they're not mm. more than trying to find out how we can make them better. Mm. And so even when it comes to Christianity and, and just segueing into that, we put a lot of time into making it look like we have a relationship with God based on what people think a relationship look like. Mm-hmm. That's why people could watch, look at people's timelines on Instagram and be like, oh, relationship goals. No, I mean, you really don't know what What's relationship they have. It, 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 the things that you gauge a good relationship by is so surface and so superficial your relationship goals just seemed stilted mm-hmm. like anybody can mimic those things. But the true sense of a relationship goes much deeper. And so is the same with Christ. Yeah. I mean, people can look and say, oh, minister for us. He's he does this. He does that. He really loves God. It looked like it, it looked like it. But what constitutes a true fulfilling love life with God? Let's look into this relationship, mm. at least for the next 40 minutes. Let's fo- forget about everybody else's relationship, and let's look at our relationship with God. Right? Amen. Let's do it. Matthew 22, uh, the first commandment and the greatest commandment that Jesus said is, he said, it's to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So that's, a, that's a, the first and greatest commandment. <laughs> the first and greatest commandment. It seems like also the, it's crazy to be the first because it goes immediately to marriage. Yeah, for people, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he's not even trying to, to go with the dating. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, you know, get to know the Lord with all thy heart. Right. <laughs> he's like, you're going to love him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And so when I've read this, I start to kind of think like people or think like even I used to think and like, man, like you asking a lot of me when I don't even know you like that. And mm-hmm. I haven't even seen you before. You know what I'm saying? It would be like if you was on a date and a dude already was proposing. You'd be like, man, you you got this all wrong. This ain't how it go. Like I got to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And God is immediately like, well, the first step in this thing. The first and greatest commandment is that you love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And why can he say that? Or how can he say that? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons is because he tells us how to love him. The first step is John 14 and 15. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He, He tells us that, well, loving me is simple. Obey me. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have to know me. You don't have to get to know me to obey me. So when a person like first gets saved or even a person that's saved in general, do they have God's love? And like, do they have the capacity to love God if they don't even know him? That's interesting. When you look at <laughs> when you look at, uh, let's say you look at uh, people in the hood. You know, you might see somebody just wild, you know, the word, the term ratchet pops up or ghetto. You see somebody this this quote unquote uncivilized mm-hmm. and you'll say, how do how does anybody expect them to be a law abiding citizen? How does anybody expect them to fit into the social standards right. and not be embarrassing mm-hmm. and not be disrespectful? It doesn't even seem like they can grasp those terms. Doesn't seem like they can understand how to have coof or common sense or etiquette. Because the environment they came from. Right. You look at the parents that raised them. Right. We start to look at that and we say, there's no hope for them. But it's not like that in God. God is like the way he set up love. Everybody can do it. Why? Because he said it it, it elicits nothing from you. It elicits you to only obey. Obey what you know. Obey what you know, what you see of who him. Mm. Even where people be like, you know, I, I I try to love God, but when I see the people of God are so hypocritical. Well, that's because I don't need you to look at the people. I need you to look at the word. I need you to go look for yourself. Look at how Jesus acted. Mm. Look at how God responded to his people. Take that. And respond in the same manner back to him. We're going to get more into that. But first, understanding that it's simple. It's just obeying him. He said, so when he says love, we can switch that word out and say obey. Obey. Mm -hmm. So now in Matthew 22 and 38, when he says, oh, 37, he says, you must obey the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And with all thy mind. When you look at it that way, now you asking somebody that never knew God before, they can do that. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is be willing to obey. That's why, you know, at the end of the day, certain jobs, you come right on to the job and start doing it because most of the time it's just do whatever they tell you to do. But what do you do when you see that? Like you ask any old body, they'll say they love God. Like, and they'll probably feel like they're obedient in their own way. Like I, I, I know. people manipulate that. We manipulate that. But honestly, it, it's it's based on what he shows. It's no longer based on what you know, but what he shows you. Mm-hmm. It's just to just to move it along. He said, First John four nineteen. He said, "We love God because He first loved us." us. This goes to show us, like God shows us how to love and he also initiates that that interaction i i can love him because he first loved me i basically can say i can love him because he first showed me he showed me what love is he showed me the blueprint for love what is the blueprint for love obey Obey. Mm-hmm. It, it it goes no further than that. Simple as simple as this. Let's use this for instance. I'm gonna take one scripture and we just look at how it encapsulates love. Romans 8 38 39. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present. And while I'm looking at this, if you could pull it up in the message Bible, that would be good. Nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what is he saying? Paul is saying, there is nothing they can separate God from us on his end. Mm-hmm. God is always going to conquer death to be by our side. He's going to conquer life. There's nothing in life that you face that, that it will prevent God from loving you. You want the translation? Go. 
says, do you think anyone's going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Nothing can keep God from loving us. Mm. But you got to ask yourself, if I'm going by the, the premise that I gave you, which is however God shows me love, I must understand it, look at it and mimic it, reciprocate it back to him. Now ask yourself, what separates you from loving God? Since we know he lets nothing separate him from loving us. Mm-hmm. What separates you from loving God? All the things he listed. <laughs> yeah. In some way. We let sin, as, as the message Bible is is uh, kind of shifting and, and articulating it, we let sin, Trouble. we let death, we let life, we let angels. Uh, when he say angels, we could even be talking about the ministering spirits that, that we deal with in our lives. The, the angels in the sense of Satan himself was an angel. Uh principalities so you, you, whether you're talking about governments of this world or the the kingdom of satan powers whether you talk about the strength of men or the strength of uh situations or the strength of uh influences present things things in the future things that seem out of reach things that seem too deep to get out of yeah. Anything prevents it. Yep. When you let any of those things prevent you from doing what? Obeying God. Then you don't really love him. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When, when we let those things, how do we let those things get in the way? It's because when it's time to obey God, we obey something else. Yeah. Even like I could think of times like, like I'm sick or something and the scripture tells you, you know, you're healed and you're supposed to, you know, rejoice and stuff. But instead, I like to wallow and be in, in of myself and be sad and depressed in a way that's not. It's the same. Being, yeah, yeah. It's not obeying the word by accepting the word. Even acceptance of the word is obeying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm like when I operate, I think we talked about this with the faith episode. When I operate by this thing, that's what makes it come to life. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? What am I saying? Obedience is the work of faith. So so to tie last week's with this <laughs> one, I, when I have faith in God, that drives me to obey him. him. I, I love, love him. him. Got it. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with me too. <laughs> <laughs> so when we look at these things and we know we let these things get in the way, we want to look a little further with that. So 2 Timothy 3 and 4 says, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded people. He was listing out uh, uh, the way that we used to operate. He says, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So there are times where I have said that I love God, but when it came time to choose God or pleasure, I chose pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you this. I could spend the rest of this podcast talking about pleasure, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, as soon as I read that scripture, I can think of four or five things in my life that I chose above him. You want to name one? One of them is laziness. <laughs> <laughs> some people would know, really. Some yeah, people yeah. wouldn't see that as pleasure. Uh, it is. It, there's times where I can feel God pressing on my heart. To operate a specific way. And I just was too lazy. Mm. It just was more comfortable. Mm. No, what you asking me to do is is uncomfortable. And I'm not going to do it. And nobody will know. They'll still say I love God. They'll still. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, when this stuff is between you and God. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He gets to see how you love him. Because he's like. It ain't even for show. Nobody going to know. It's not like people going to be like, "Mm, God told me what you did. But that almost makes it more like that's why people overlook it. I feel like it's because it's this like. Because it's just between him and you. But that's what's supposed to make it rich and special. And when you when you understand love. Yeah. When you value. See, we have to value God. 
in order for us to or fear God or believe in God enough to value him. See, faith is the value. He said without faith, it's impossible to please him. Mm-hmm. Then he tells us how to please him is love. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Why? Because in order to love me, you have to believe. And now that you believe, you have to obey. And that's going to show you you love me. That's going to show me you love me. That's going to show people you love me. That's the reason why people look at the church the way it is. The reason why we have to advocate for churches. Mm -hmm. The reason why we have to advocate for God and say real church matters is because people's perception of God has been poisoned by the reality show of the church. The same way people's perception of relationships has been poisoned through the reality show of the reality shows. Yeah, you can just and you can list them all, and yeah. I won't say not one of them because I don't want to give them any of my uh, my uh, time in that sense, or give them any any uh, for people who may not even be aware of them. I don't want to say their name. Then you Google them, and next thing you know, you can't stop watching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, what we're saying is is that our perspective has to change about our love life with God. It just popped in my head. Like when you go back to the scripture saying like, because he first loved me, I'm, I love him. But how do people know that they, that he loved them? Like, how do I know God? I know, but how do you think people, how are people supposed to know that God loved them? See, this is the interesting thing. That's part of salvation. You know, when people say I gave my life to Christ, it's because you acknowledged a knowledge. Mm. You acknowledged a truth. It, it it went from being opinion to truth for you. And if you still at that point, you haven't received salvation. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Um, what I'm saying is, is if I can't break up with you if I never was your boyfriend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So people be like, you know, I don't want to go to hell. What you're saying is you don't want to be separated from God. As if you are connected, connected to him. It's like saying, uh, I, is this a sin or is that a sin? None of it is a sin to you. Want to know why? You because, because you don't love God. You're not connected to him. You don't understand him to be your God or value him as such. If you valued him as such, you would obey. And then in the times that you did wrong and did not obey, you would feel this thing. Called conviction. Mm. Conviction defines sin. That's why I tell people like, oh, can we drink? Can we not drink? Bro, you do what you want to do. Yeah. It just reflects your how you feel about it. It reflects God. your understanding or your belief system. Mm-hmm. If it's not true to you, it's not sin to you. Right. That's why <laughs> you can pull up scriptures that show Jesus doing it and be it, like, he did it. It's it, fine. Yeah, it, it, it's supposed to be a personal relationship. So why are you asking me what is going to hurt his heart? Mm. Yeah, That's like you got a wife and you coming to me like you think she like roses, bro. You, you probably should just check with her. <laughs> like, yes, your wife. Do you can, know her? That you, you get what I'm saying? How can you know your wife biblically, but not know her in the totality of who she is? Mm. Do you understand? What am I saying? Oh, it's my podcast. I can say what I want. If you gonna have sex with her and not know exactly what makes her heart smile, do you know what I'm saying? You know what makes her feel good, but not what makes her totally appreciate and love you. You missed the point. Yep. That's like reading a magazine saying 10 ways to please your woman. This magazine gonna tell you 10 ways to do what? Please her physically. Yep. 10 ways to do what? Please her according to who? The person that wrote it? I wish we sometimes right, like find the author of these right. articles. How do you even know they, what works for one person might not even? Because they 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 want a formula. That's how people are with God. Yeah. Give me t- the top 10 ways to please God. I knocked them things right out. <laughs> I, I'll try at least. <laughs> no, it's simple. He said the first and greatest thing, this ain't, this ain't sexy enough for a full page article. Mm-hmm. This uh, this probably wouldn't even give you a whole book. If I, the, the first and greatest commandment is that you obey me. Mm-hmm. Obey what? I just whatever I say. I, I don't know what you say. Read my Bible. I can't read your Bible. Why? Because you don't value me. Mm-hmm. You see this as a book, not a love letter. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let some some dude you don't like write you a letter. <laughs> you gonna read them between every line? Yeah, you ain't. Going. You don't care. You gonna be looking at it like oh, I'm not even reading this. Who right. are you? Let somebody you love write you a letter. Right. Let somebody you value write you a letter. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's ten years later, and you still like pulling it out the drawer every now and then, just reading it. <laughs> Why? Because those words leap off that page to you mm-hmm. because of the value displaced in that relationship. How's your love life? How's your love life? That's what we want to know. I don't want to know who you dating. I don't want to know who your boyfriend is. I don't even know want to know if you got somebody. I don't want to know if you single or married. All I want to know is how's your relationship with God? How's your love life? John 12, 42 through 43 says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's, look, he said, I, there's, there's the things I'm saying and there's the things people are saying about you or to you and you value what they're saying about you or to you more than what I'm saying about you or to you. Mm-hmm. God said you more than the conqueror. Somebody tell you you're a failure. You still talking about it. Somebody called you ugly. God said you fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't remember that. You still talking about the person who called you ugly. You went home crying because they called you ugly. You said you ugly because they said you ugly. Oh, my goodness. See, we want to say this stuff when it get down to to, uh, the the stuff like, well, I'm not going to believe the report of the doctor. The doctor said I got high blood pressure. But God said by his stripes, I'm healed. I get it. You probably should listen to the doctor if you got high blood pressure. And you should probably change the way you're eating and do whatever it takes to fix that. But if you're going to believe on that, you better believe everything else he said. That's right. And you better operate by it. <laughs> because you, we're in a situation where we care more about what people say and do than we do God. And the whole time, you know what people do? I don't care. That's all people say. I don't don't care care about no. I don't care what people say. But everything about you says that you do. Everything about you screams it because you obey their words. How do I treasure their words? How do I obey their words? Even about you, like today's society, everything's about likes. Like I feel like even that's so form of that. Like man, there's there's people who care. It brings them more joy to get a thousand likes than it do for God to do anything in their life. Because there ain't no God-like section. <laughs> if there was a way to measure that, oh, people be on whatever social media it was, and you can see, oh, man gave me 3,000 likes, but y'all don't got this God-like. What? People just want status. But right here, the people didn't, they they believed in Jesus after they heard him, mm-hmm. but was too scared to say anything because they didn't want to offend the people around them. Mm-hmm. They show God who they love. Yep. You want you know what this sound like? This sound like the dude that texts you all night, and then when he see you in public, he act like he don't know you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I'm gonna tell you, some of y'all y'all talk God ear off all night. I'm talking about tears, or even within the church when you're comfortable in that environment. Yeah. In the church, you a whole different yeah. person. You see you in public, you just this quiet. You're little. comfortable with God in this <laughs> in this setting. Right. It's like it's, you know you with somebody you don't want nobody to see you with. You ain't going to dinner around mm-hmm. your neighborhood. You taking them all the way out Bethesda. Why <laughs> you trying to make sure don't nobody see you because you ain't proud or you not you not you you not. Yeah, you're not proud. That's not. That's even how we were with the business. Remember, you used to say, "Well, our clients don't need to know about all that stuff." We, yeah, we, we keep that under wraps. They don't need to know that, that we Christians. Like, we I'm a minister. It. I don't want them to know that. Uh, yeah, we we don't want muddy the waters. I, we we have a thing about people who name their businesses after you know <laughs> scriptural based stuff like anointed hands barbershop and <laughs> you know. uh uh, you know, uh, what is it? Fearfully or wonderfully cut barbershop. You know, we used to laugh and joke about that. But I'm going to tell you, 
I don't have to do all of that, but I do have to be honest about my love life. Mm -hmm. I do have to be honest about who it is that I'm interested in because who it is I'm interested in could help somebody else. Do you guys understand? You you, got to get what I'm saying. When I share that I love God and what that relationship means to me, that's part of my ministry. That's right. Just like how when you see your friends talking about how much they love their boyfriends and all that stuff, you'd be like, geez, I, I need a boyfriend. Yeah, I, I don't know if I felt that <laughs> Girls do, though. <laughs> Not me, but that's how no, women no, are. You hear a girl, you be like, geez, right. I probably need me one of them. Maybe exactly. a couple of them. I want people to see how passionate I, I am about reading the word and, and do hashtag relationship goals. <laughs> exactly. That's what I want. I want people to see you writing a blog, uh, uh, you know, talking about how how. God has changed your life and in the ways that he has changed it, in the simplest ways, in the simplest ways of yeah. just the various things that go on in your life. And I want people to be like, hashtag relationship goals. Mm-hmm. I want them to want God like I want him. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. God is not. Let me say this. God is not like Marvin Gaye. He is not saying that I want you to want me the way that I want you. He knows you don't have that capacity. You know what I mean? He knows that you can't ever love him in and of yourself. So this is what he did. He said, I'm going to love you so much that you learn to love me through me. Yeah. 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 Let, let me let me because for the sake of time, uh, one of the other ways that we we uh, tend to choose other things over God is the love of money. We covet it. We value it so much. And some people will say, well, you know, I, I how do I choose it? And I'm not going to say like, well, you, you work on a Sunday where you should be at church or you work on a Saturday or a Tuesday or Wednesday when there's services going on. I'm not going to go into all that. But you know if this is knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. You know if... If the love of money, not money, but the love of money, which is is articulated or could be uh, synonymously defined as coveted. Coveting these things is prevents you from obeying God, not loving God. But obeying God, what is he saying? Remember, we could take love out and put obey. He said the the obedience to money is the root of all evil. Mm. And money is a slave, I mean, a master that many people obey. They hear the call of it and they obey it. Yeah. I always think it's interesting how we we're so disciplined when it comes to like going to work and all that stuff. But when it comes to having any type of discipline <laughs> for the things of God, it's this, it's this thing. And money don't even do nothing for you. Like God does. Mm. You can't even spend money if you ain't alive. <laughs> God, money gives you access. God gives you life. Jesus. Yep. What good is access if you can't live? If he takes the very breath from you, it won't matter what's in your pocket. If he stops your heart, it won't matter what's happening in the stock market. Mm-mm-mm. If he takes something that you truly hold dear away from you, you would give every bit of money to get it back. That's why there's there's rich people out here right now who are spending all of their fortune to try to figure out how to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Because what's the use in having a fortune if you don't got favor? Yeah. Uh, it's in the, the understanding of what love is in our relationship with him that's going to provide you more and more more a more fruitful relationship so so take take this from us matthew 10 37 says he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and the reason i'm sharing this scripture is because when we say that god showed us how to love so that we can reciprocate it. There are scriptures that show this. 
This is a scripture where Jesus is saying, if you love your mother, or your father or your son or your daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. Mm. You're not worthy of my love. Why? Because God didn't put his son above you. He took his son and allowed him to die for you. So why would he think that it's okay for you to put your children above him? How do I know if I love my children, my hypothetical children, more than I love God? <laughs> Simple. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Abraham took what God gave him and was willing to give it up, sacrifice it to not disobey God. So you're telling me to take my kids up to a hill? and I'm telling you that there's a lot of things that you need to do. A lot of sacrifices that need to be made. A lot of people you need to X out your life or put in a lower position in your life. A lot of people you need to esteem less. A lot of people you need to follow less. A lot of people you need to not let influence you for the sake of, it, of allowing God to do those things. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. there's, there's people who love people so much, they'll follow them from California to New York, mm -hmm. but can't follow God from Genesis to Revelations. He's dancing, guys. <laughs> it, it, I mean, you guys got to understand, you have to put yourself in that position to understand it. I have to do to him what he did to me if I say I love him like he loves me. Mm -hmm. If I say I love God because he first loved me, that means I got to do what God did when he first did it to me. <laughs> you just made me think of that song. I'm, I love God. What's wrong with you? What's that song? Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> For even listening to that, so <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I, God bless all types of music. Um, second, Mary, Mary. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, tell Mary not to moan. Second Corinthians five fourteen through fifteen. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge or we decided that if one died for all, then all were dead, and that he died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Mm -hmm. So he said the other interesting thing about love in your love life, even in the love lives that you have with other people, is that you have to be willing to commit yourselves to them with the rest of your life because they commit themselves to you. For the rest of theirs. Mm. It says. God didn't live. God's son. In God himself. But especially Jesus. Doesn't live for himself. And so God expects that from all of his children. You know what I'm saying? He committed himself to me. But I can't commit myself to him. Once again. This is seen in what I do. Mm -hmm. This is seen in my choices. This is seen in the things I prioritize. This is seen in the things I value. And when he's saying the love of Christ constrains us, is that saying like it keeps me from... It compels us. Oh, compels us. This is the reason why I said we don't love God in and of ourselves. It is the love of God that compels us to love him. Mm -hmm. So when people say, I love God, like I love him, I lust for him, you know, my soul thirsts for him. What they're saying is, what they should be saying, I don't know if they're really saying it, but what they should be saying is it is God's love and what he has shown in my life that compels me to com to commit my whole life to him. But knowing that I never wanted to commit my life before he loved me. You got to accept that. It's just the reality. Mm -hmm. That's why when we talk about the love of God, it is this force of nature. That moves me in whatever way it wants to, because it sweeps me off my feet. Yeah. Amen. How can something sweep you off your feet if it's not a force of nature? Mm -hmm. If it's not that strong? It, I was on my merry way doing what I wanted to do. As the Bible says, my feet were swift to evil until he knocked me off my feet. I never been the same. Because the power of his love motivates me to love him through my obedience. 
Don't tell me all this. They almost people try to articulate the love of God through their own natural proclivities. It almost sounds like they want to have sex with God. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I love God so much. Jesus said, Jesus will never be your husband. That's what he made man for. Yep. That's what he made man for. His, 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 it don't go down like that. Jesus is not your husband. He is not a substitute for your husband. What Jesus provides and what God is in your life can never be fulfilled by a man. Ever. They don't share places. You can't even make that comparison. They can't even make the comparison. Unless that's where you at. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, his love for you is what compels you to keep your legs closed. Not your love for him. If we had to, if your knees had to depend on your love for him to stay together, they would never. <laughs> Them knees would never meet. But instead, <laughs> it is God's love for us that compels us to be greater than us. Because his love is a force of nature. Come on, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'm loving this. I, you you getting the clamming up on me now. Yeah. No, I'm I'm learning. <laughs> oh, that's okay, why I'm okay, asking okay, so many questions. Second right, right. Corinthians five fourteen through fifteen. We talked about it. Second Thessalonians three four through six says, and we have confidence in the Lord about you. He's talking to um, Peter. The, I mean Paul. Paul. Paul is writing to the Th- Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. He says that you are doing and will do the things that we command. This is the interesting part. God compels us to the point where we don't even realize we are obeying other men. (laughs) It's like sometimes I sit in church and I look and I'll be like, yo, I just look around and be like, it's amazing to me that people will sit here and listen to another man. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I get what you're it blows the mind of of you know. Even I heard Chris Rock say it once. It's like it blows his mind every time that he gets paid to stand up and talk, and people pay to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Like when you distill it to that basic thing, it is very awe inspiring. It is something that just shakes you. Even in church, when we are talking to people and they listen or they obey, it's not us. We have to understand it. Just like Chris Rock got to understand, it's not him. Mm-hmm. What it is, is that these people are compelled through the love of God to obey God through you. Mm-hmm. So you better not take advantage of that by giving them anything but what? God. Yep. I, men are not supposed to love you and obey you. They're supposed to love God and obey him. I don't If somebody say they love me, that's great. It's only because of the love of God that you can love me. If you say you love your spouse, that's great. But it's only through the love of God that you can truly love them. Yes, in your own natural proclivities, you can show them love. And the sad thing is is that some people don't feel like they being loved unless they making love. But if you making love, then you're making a facsimile of love. Every form of love that is made by man is like putting out love through a copier machine. It looked like it. But it's not the true thing. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? When people are up on social media and connecting love with the things someone buys them or the people that they don't sleep with and all of that stuff, they're they're only portraying a certain flatness Mm. of love. It's not this three-dimensional love where this God has forced himself upon us that compels us to love people even when they don't love Love us, us. Mm -hmm. even when they hurt us to the core. It's he he's saying all this to that in verse five, he says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of God mm-hmm. of Christ. What is he saying? He's saying, I, I pray that, that you guys listen to me by the fact that God directs your hearts to his love. Think about it. This deceitfully wicked heart has to be directed towards the love of God. So that it might be compelled to be something it's not. What does that directing look like? Like it, it, it's a in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It, the the love of God is almost like the force between two magnets. It's like you can't see it, 
But when you watch it in action, you you can you can feel it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's something that just moves you. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the reason why we're doing this podcast. No, it's interesting because when um, recently I was on the phone with my dad and I realized like through all the stuff we had been through, I'm like, oh, this is God's love. Like, this is the love he showed me. I feel like I'm showing to him. Yeah. It's not. It's I not, get it now. It's not conditional mm-hmm. anymore. It's not, uh, you know. Or uh, even the fact that we're related. It's not even based on it's that. It's not even based on relationship no more. It's not based on history anymore. Mm-hmm. Our love, mm-hmm. human love, is always indicative of history. It's always connected to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all, it, even when we say we forgive somebody, it's so much history. There's so much uh there's so many car facts to our heart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we we look at the car facts of your heart and it's been damaged three times. You didn't broke your heart three times. Somebody damaged it twice. You know what I'm saying? There's so much history there that when you try to love out of this heart, it's like dr- trying to drive a bucket. Yep. It's only going to get you but so far. You want a new heart, you got to get his heart. Ain't no restorations around here. God is not. God restores you by renovating you, by taking out what is in you and putting in him. There's no fixing you. Whatever anybody did, the damage was done. And whatever they did wasn't any worse than what you walked into this world with. Mm. He's saying, drag that heart over here to the love of God. Put it on. And it protects the heart. That's how we guard our heart. We're able to operate because nobody can get you. Ladies, just, just, just a, I don't want to make it about a relationship show or anything. But for you young women or for even you older women, nobody can take advantage of you when you are always making a decision based on God and not you. Mm-hmm. People are taken advantage of when people can take advantage of your desire. That's why it's, they don't feel like it's them being taken advantage of. Yeah. Somebody can take advantage of your heart just by the fact that you feel like you press for time. Yep. Gotta have somebody. I'm almost 30. Mm-hmm. Somebody come around and he realizes that you are in a state of what? Desire. That goes back with the pleasures. The scripture about pleasure. Right. Yeah. So we 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 don't know how to operate through the love of God because there's so much we're so caught up on the end result of love that we don't understand it. We can't skip the beginning for the sake of the end. You want to be married, but you ain't been married to Christ. You want to love somebody and you want somebody to love you, but they don't love God and you don't love. Them. You cannot do the end without the beginning. That's why it says, I love God because he first loved me. Mm-hmm. I love you, Antoinette, because God first loved me. You ain't going to love your spouse until you let God first love you. This is where we at with this. This, this, this is that stuff right here. Ain't that that stuff? This is that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he said, first John. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. This goes right along with what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John come back and say, whosoever keepeth his word more and more, the love of God is perfected in him. What is he saying? The love of God is completing him. Mm. It's completing him. It's making him whole. Oh, oh yeah. We was talking about that person with the broken heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just keep God's word. That's right. The love of God will make you whole. You'll realize that these people only broke something that should have been broke anyway. Mm-hmm. They tainted a desire that already was tainted. Yep. They broke a trust that should have never existed. Oh, he broke my trust. Trust in God, sweetie. <laughs> yep. Misallocated trust will always be broken. Always. Yep. Misallocated desire will always be misappropriated. Taken advantage. Taken advantage of. First John 
3, 16 through 18 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone see, has the world's goods, you have things in your life, and you see your brothers in need, and yet you close your heart against them. How does the love of God abide in you? Think about it. The love of God isn't just what met you. It is now what should abide in you. Mm. I love God because he first loved me and put his love in me. I don't want to add to the scripture, but that sounds pretty good. I love God because he first loved me and then he put his love in Mm -hmm. me so I can love everybody else. That felt so good. And I know it's a podcast and you could just rewind it. But I love God because he first loved me and put his love in me so I can love everybody else. Second Corinthians eight, seven through eight says, and in your love to us, see that you abound in grace. Also, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of forwardness of others. He was speaking about uh, the fact that the Macedonians gave to him. Mm-hmm. They gave him money. They met his needs. And he said, I'm talking to y'all, not because it's a commandment, but because I was hoping that by seeing the Macedonians, you yourself would have a desire to prove the sincerity of your love. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be proving our love. They said they will know we are Christians by, by our love. love. Prove it. You say you love God. Don't say I love God. What's wrong with you? Say, I love God and I'm going to prove it to you. So maybe you will too. Oh, new, yeah. New that, single, that, I mean, single. it wouldn't even be a really good fancy single. It's too many <laughs> words. But it, guess what? It ain't a single. It's the word of God. Your job, your obligation is to prove your love to people so that people will look at your love and want to know the giver, the author of that love. You just trying to love somebody enough where they want you. Yeah. You just try to love somebody enough where they want you. And God wants you to love them enough where they want him. Mm. That, that's it right we recording this on a Saturday, <laughs> but I could have easily recorded this on a Sunday. This is this is some this is some Sunday morning worship stuff. <laughs> Ladies. I'm telling you, husbands, wives, I'm telling you, when as long as you keep loving your spouse with the desire and the intent for them to love you back, you already missed it. Yep. If you love them t- with the in- desire and the intent to get them to love God back. It'll change everything. And for you single people, the same thing. Matter of fact, you should be loving God without the express intent that he give you somebody to love. You should be loving God with the express intent that he lets you feel the force of his love. He loved you first before, like you said in the last time, before you had a body part, before you had any of that stuff. Because I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, Antoinette. God loved Adam and Eve so much that he gave them each other. Yeah. But you don't let God give you anything. Because you don't want his love, which can provide you with a love. You want a love in, in, in regardless of his love. Mm-hmm. You want what you want. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want God who will give you something you never thought you needed. Ah, forget it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you this, though. Love isn't just a commandment to close out. Love isn't just a commandment. It's a condition. Mm-hmm. He said that if you can obey me, if you can love me, I'm going to give you some more of me. Case in point, first Corinthians two, seven through 10. He says that we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew for they had known it. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eyes have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of the man the things that God has prepared for them that, love that him. obey him or that love him. What's he saying? He's saying God reveals himself by his spirit 
for the spirit search of all things, the deep things of God. He's saying you want a deeper relationship with God without obeying. He said, but if you love him, a.k.a. obey him, he will show you the deep things. These are this is where you get into the sunken place. (laughs) This is where you it goes beyond the surface. Mm -hmm. This is where he said, if they knew it, these deep things, they wouldn't even kill Christ because they would have seen him for who he was. You see, a lot of you, you know of God and you think that before you can be a Christian, you need to know God. But no, you are a Christian in pursuit to know God. Some of this stuff, I only think it's for a certain section of people. And I'm starting to understand that's who my podcast is for. It's not for the casual. It's not for the casual. It's for the devout. It's for the person who's interested in the real church. It is for the devout. We out here. I'm out here. I want to get. I want to know what this is for about. the person who's not doesn't just want the things of God, but wants the deep things of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some people want don't just want Antoinette. God gonna bring you somebody that wants the deep things of Antoinette. Because some of y'all you th- you think that the as deep as you go is the the extent of your cervix. All right, I'm I'm out, guys. I'm, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. No, it's, it's serious. They used to have this saying: well, some women are deep as a puddle. Why? Because you're selling yourself that short. Mm-hmm. We don't understand. God is deeper than a puddle. He's deeper than your problem. That's not what God is for. He's not for your problem. It's not a coping mechanism. Some of y'all are even in relationships with people who are only the only reason you with them is because they always been there for you. Yeah. God ain't That's there. the first thing people say. Man, God is deeper than the problem. He's deeper than your hero. He's you're, he's supposed to be the love of your life. How's your love life? How's your love life? This is going to be the first 60 minute. Jesus. 60 minute one. John 14, 21 says, He that has my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. See, the, the cool thing is, I'll keep attributing it to relationships, is that somebody can give themselves to you but never manifest themselves to you. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Somebody can let you know them but never let you get to know them. Okay. Did you get it? <laughs> I got it. That <laughs> got so, so it's because it takes time to manifest yourself. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody can let you in them, but not let you in them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they don't they never let you into the deeper parts of them. And let we you. know what that feels like too. Like you know what that feels like. Somebody just giving you, you know, they give they'll you, they'll text you back, they'll do the little surface stuff, but you never really engaged it's never engaged because there's never two people who are interested in knowing more than what they came for Mm. Mm. see i came for something specific with god that's the extent of my love my troubles i just wanted him to just fix my but as i've obeyed him he's shown me a part of him that i never bargained for Mm -hmm. and this is the the whole goal of today there's tons of scriptures, but I feel like talking about love or even faith, it can't be summed up in one podcast. I feel like it's like characters on Martin. You're going to see love again. You're going to see faith again. We're going to bring up this subject again. It'll be in a different way. But for today, to close out, I pray that you stop asking people just for a minute. Just for, just for this evening, just for tonight, you stop asking people about their love life. You stop worrying about your love life and you turn into yourself and ask yourself, how's my love life with God? How's your love life? This one was fun. You have fun? I have fun. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next time every Tuesday. I try to get these things out so that, you know, by the crack of dawn when you wake up, open your eyes, you're brushing your teeth, you can cut it on. You cut it on in your car and your drive to work. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it during lunchtime. Some people work where they can have headphones on the whole day. Man, t- 
tell people about this. It's eight hours at least worth of content. Well, it's nine of them now. They, they, they can just go in and just learn something about the person they say they love. Mm -hmm. He wants to manifest himself to all of us. My prayer is that you let him. How's your love life? We out.